buongiorno. <laughs> hey! Oh my gosh. If people mm. are watching this on YouTube, they can see your gorgeous earrings, which is really fun because there's four, four giant black feathers. Giant. And giant. And they're hanging from a beautiful silver, looks a bit like a dream catcher. Mm. It really does look like a dream catcher. I'm Ooh. surprised you're saying that they don't have mm -mm. dream catchers in Nepal. Well, I mean, dream. my understanding of a dream catcher is that that's a Native American, um, it's the right word, practice, uh, symbol, thing, mm. doodad. Mm. And that's obviously not something that, I'm surprised that you know what that is. So maybe that's not where it's from. Yeah, I mean, people, I've seen, you know, people have dream catchers and I'm like, yeah. oh God, they're hideous. <laughs> and I don't know the idea behind them. You know, yeah. I just find them aesthetically displeasing. <laughs> um, so I'm sure Here's there's two. Put them on your ears. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's more to it than just they look pretty. Yeah. And I don't even know whether they're meant to catch your bad dreams or your good dreams or mm. whether you intentionally. I know nothing about them. Got but it. when you sent me these. Yeah which I literally love, my first thought was they're dream catchers. And I felt very happy about it because the story I attached to it, as I sat there that particular day, which is whatever day it was, I don't remember now, a couple of days ago, mm. um, to plan da, 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 dramatic music, <laughs> plan out nail-biting experience is how I felt the next you know whatever till 2006 I think I went so let's say the next three years ish 26 was, but yeah oh yeah that as well mm -hmm, like add, mm -hmm. add some extra decades onto that yeah thanks for time checking no worries we're good right. <laughs> you um, keep going and I was like feeling nervous and, blah, blah, blah. and then when I received these I just felt and really happy and I felt really loved so that's the other part of the story is that I found those in Kathmandu we were walking around the city and um I had heard that there was like a cooperative that was created for to support women and like um, some of the blogs and, and books that I'd read said, get into a taxi and have the taxi take you to this cooperative because it's really hard to find. And mm -hmm. I kept thinking, oh, that's something I will do, right? Mm -hmm. Never got in a taxi and we were just wandering around the city. And I saw, like I was just walking by this doorway and I saw those earrings and I was like, Jesus, like Mia would love these earrings. Like these were made for her. And my husband's like, that is so funny. I'm like, she has these black feather earrings that are like gigantic. These are like even bigger than that. I have to buy them. And so I go in there and um, I'm like, I, you know, I want these earrings. And she's like, you know, we have a whole other showroom. It's behind the building and up the stairs. So I was like, let's go look at all of that to see what other black feathery earrings they might have. Anyways, so went up there. And as I'm walking down, I see a sign that's the cooperative. Wow. Wow. It was like just, you know, I think the universe guided me there, right? Like, yes. first of all, you said you wanted to go. So here you are. You don't even realize you're in their store. And 
these earrings, like I didn't buy anything oh. else there. It was just, oh, those. I had I, to have them. I love them. I love them. So I just the love, I love the whole story mm -hmm. and so do I, you know, yeah, I love them. Okay. So you've just been yeah. on this incredible trip. Yeah. And you go, oh, you took a big intake. Oh no, you I did take a big breath. <laughs> you were like <gasps> I'm listening. I think it's because it was a really big trip. Yeah. Yeah. Huge trip. Mm. And you experienced were in the experience right. of exploring, playing with a breakdown, a breakthrough in yeah. trust. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So part of what my breakthrough that I'm really trying to generate in my life recently, it's been months now I've been really working on this, is a breakthrough in trust. And um, it kept coming up in my personal life. Like it was coming up a lot in my marriage with my husband. Um, it was coming up with my kids, especially our daughter. And I just kept like, you know, bouncing around outside of trust, looking in and being like, wouldn't it be neat if I could have that? Like what a freeing and peaceful experience of life I could have. And so finally um, I was with my coach and she was like, so you might like, you want to generate a breakthrough there. And I was like, that sounds hard. And so that's what I've taken on. And I don't even know what it means. Like, how do you, gen it's like, how do you, it doesn't matter. So I don't know how to generate a breakthrough in trust other than to practice trust. And so when you're like practicing trust, what the fuck does that mean? Mm. But I don't know, but that's part of the, the problem is that I don't know. And so how, how I've been practicing is um, inside my relationships with my clients um, in interactions with others, I've just really been practicing, like, I'll trust that they can, I'll trust them to be able to handle things. I'll trust them to be able to ask me for support or to let me know if I've stepped over line or whatever it is. I've just been really like, because I think what I'm noticing inside of that is that be, because I'm such a people pleaser, I'm super vigilant to make sure everything's okay. And what that does is it has me not being, not trusting anybody, including myself. So my husband and I, it's our 25th anniversary. We decide we're going to go to Nepal and we're going to hike. It's the Annapurna circuit, but it's behind. So it's monsoon season. We don't do any research. We just buy tickets, right? And then we're like, oh shit, it's like raining really bad there. So now what are we going to do? How do you hike in the pouring down rain? It, you can do it. I don't really want to hike in monsoon. So there's a rain shadow in, so you can go like behind Annapurna into a different valley. So that's what we do. And it's a really good opportunity to, to practice trust because... I don't know where I am. Uh, I, I don't know how to get things done. I like, if I need help, I don't know how to do that either. Uh, I don't know our guide. Like the first exercise and trust is your guide comes to your apartment, uh, your hotel and you have to get permits to do this trek. And so the guide that we had already uh, talked to um, comes to the hotel and says, you know, welcome to Nepal. 
please, you know, we have money, we bring US dollars, hand over a large sum of US dollars in cash and our passports. And he says, you know, namaste, I will take your passports and your money and I will go um, get your permits for you. And so that's your first exercise in trust because that's, it's real hard to leave a country if you don't have a passport. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's like, I really hope he comes back. I'm going to trust Mr. Hari to not steal our passports. Yeah. yeah. And it's actually really, it, that moment where you turn it over, it's actually really freeing. Because like whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And I don't have to worry about it anymore. If he's going to screw us over, he's going to screw us over. And we'll figure that out when it happens. Like, if he doesn't show up later, like, then we'll know. But to sit and worry or, like, demand that we go with or any of the other ways that I could ensure that mm. my passports doesn't, our passports don't end up somewhere other than in our hands. That's exhausting, to be mm. honest. And so, go ahead. Well, it sounds like something happened the moment you passed that over. You yeah. then you then said, oh, then it was really freeing. It is. In my head, you've kind of crossed over a bridge or gone through some yeah. magical doorway or something. Yeah. And that is how it felt. Handing. Like there mm. was some concern before it happened. I mean, we knew that was the deal. Like we had already like said, yes, we would like your services. We'd already sent them a down payment. We knew this was the system. When you get there, this dude's going to show up. And, da, da. and the whole time I was just like, you know, I really think we should go with him. I think it's foolish. Like, right. All the stories in my head of like, what kind of a dummy would just give a stranger her passport? This is just insane. Hmm. And then when I did it, it, here's the thing that happened before that. Maybe this is, I thank you for saying that. Um, when I met him, I just trusted him. Like I chose to trust him and I trusted myself, my instinct, my read of him. I was like, oh, this man will not steal our passports. It was like a knowing. And then I trusted that. So that's interesting too. Like starting mm. to read people and being like, do I think it's safe to give it to this guy? And I really did. And also reading yourself. Yeah, yeah. Because you said you had that experience or thought. Um, I don't know whether it was a thought or a physical sensation of trusting him and then trusting yourself yeah. that you could depend on your intuition around this person. That, and then to add on, I also trust myself that if he steals our passports and leaves, never comes mm -hmm. back, I can handle that too. Mm -hmm. Like, we'll figure that out. We're not the first people to have our passports stolen in the history of the universe. So I'm sure mm -hmm. there's a system. We just got to figure out what it is. So it was just like, yeah. if he screws us over, we'll figure it out. And if he doesn't screw us over, that would be great. Yeah. So more. Tell us more about, yeah. because it, I mean, you know, did that cure you, that experience? Mm -mm. And mm. you were like, da-da, trust is now mine. It's now fully available. <laughs> I'm cured of all non-trustingness. No, that's, it's not like that's the beauty of like 
I don't need to fix anything. So this has been really fun. So then it was, um, <clears throat> so then you get out onto the trekking part of it where even to get to the trekking part of it is a bit of a hassle from American standards, right? So you've got to go to a bus station and you've got to like get tickets and then you got to get to your micro bus and then you got to manage yourself inside of this group of four times three, 12, 16, 17 people inside a minivan, right? They're real tiny in Nepal. They can really shove a lot of people into a minivan. And my husband is six, six, which is like three meters. Oh no, you're a foot person. Brits do feet, right? Or do you do meters? Well, both. I mean, I okay. think technically we're meant to do meters, but. Okay. So he's, feet, yeah. he's two meters, not three meters. That would be real tall. He's two meters. And to fold him over. <laughs> Get him in. <laughs> so. Um, on the roof. Yes. So you're just trusting, you're trusting your driver. The roads are terrible. The driving is, um, what's the right word? Like it feels chaotic and, and very dangerous to an American where like you go in, you know, everybody drives on the one side. So that's the first thing, like that's not happening. And in, in Nepal, it's just kind of like, well, we kind of stay left, but like a lot of us are not on the left side. Like we're doing what we need to do to get places. Um, there's not, I didn't see a single traffic signal sign of any sort. So the whole thing feels like chaotic and dangerous and, and just like being in this tiny micro bus with my 17 new Nepali friends and, right, and it's like, and your giant nowhere, husband, <laughs> my giant husband, who's like literally like folded in like an accordion into the, into a seat and just trusting that like, we can do it. There's no air conditioning. It's hotter in Hades. It's very humid. Um, I have no idea what the system is. I don't know what, what, if we're going to stop to go to the bathroom. I don't know if we're ever going to eat again. Like, I don't know any of it. Mm. And just trusting that not only can I handle it, but it'll be fine. Like, I'm not the only one. Someone's going to have to go to the bathroom. Like, I'm not the... So just kind of like letting go of... I feel like trust has been a process of like letting go of the ruminating and the like future casting and the future tripping and planning ahead. It was just like, I can't because I don't know how anything works here. Mm. So it's just like. Yeah. And not being in control at all. So I'm, I'm going to, say this and we'll come back to it because you you're still in Nepal in the microvan at the moment but mm. I'm really curious about how that relates then to yeah. coming back to where you do know how it works but that's for for yeah a few minutes. yeah we can wrap that up um, yeah 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 so so you know you've got the van which is seven hours ish which stops and not sure why we stop like just learning how to just trust that like and then you get to the to the place where there's no way for the van to keep going. So then you get out there and then you get into a Jeep. And now you got a new driver and a new trail that is even less passable by vehicle than the seven hours of like hideous sort of kind of road that we were on. So it's just like more trust, more trust. Like you're on the sides of cliffs. There's water that you're like, oh, I don't think we should drive across that. That seems really deep. Um, and then if we get like floated, then we go off the side or there's, you know, just a lot of things 
again, as an American who lives in a very flat place, felt really um, risky mm. and just trusting like if this is how I die, again, there's like nothing I can do about any of it. So it's just like such oh. a, like, okay, it's almost like an acceptance. And that's where I'm really trying to find like, is there a distinction between trust and acceptance? And if so, what is it? And I don't know how to answer that question right now. Mm. I'm curious about whether in the moment when you were mm. in the minivan and then when it became even more perilous, apparently. Beautiful word. And uncertain, the road was worse, you know, the path even less clear. Yeah. What was happening in your head? Were you, like, you know, were you thinking about trust? Were you talking yourself down out of a tree? What was the, what was happening in your yeah. mind? I'm not sure. I know in the micro van, I was talking myself out of a tree, but that because I'm so claustrophobic, being in a place where I couldn't, like they have child, like the child lock on the sliding door for the van is on. So you can't open the door. And then watching people try to open the door and they can't open it was like exacerbating my, like, oh my God, I can't get out of here. Just noticing that in myself. And it's funny, like, knowing I can't get out of the van usually used to send me into a panic. And yet, um, for some reason, maybe it was practicing trust. Maybe I have better coping. I don't know, but I was able to be like, you know what, like focus on yourself, look out the window, use your breathing. Everybody else seems to be fine. Like look around you. Everybody's like, so for that part, the claustrophobia part, I was able to really just like manage myself. And, um, but once we were in the Jeep, it's funny, the closer we would get to these, like, oh, we almost just died there. <laughs> like the more, I don't know, I, funny isn't the right word, but like the more I just like embraced the danger. Peculiar. Like funny, peculiar, not funny, ha ha. Like, no, it was funny. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? how are we in this Jeep right now on a thing that really isn't a road at all with this guy who's like on his cell phone talking and like we're bouncing around. Like it was funny. Like if this is how we die, it's hilarious because like there's no reason for us to be doing any of this. And so it's almost like I was able to enjoy it, enjoy, embrace the danger, enjoy the, ridiculousness of the like the being tossed around inside this vehicle for six more hours like it hurt it was uncomfortable and yet it was okay mm. like I had to brace for the whole time right like I was tired by the time we got to the place that <laughs> evening I was like Ooh, like that's been a long ass day and I was a little sore my hip was kind of like fucked up and you know mm. but there was a it was like um, embrace is the right word. Like at some point the brain, my brain kicked over into like, we're going to embrace this experience. And I would look at my husband and we would giggle because it would be like, oh, we almost just like eek. And like, look at that. And then we'd look at each other like, oh, this isn't going to be good. And then he would, the driver would somehow get through it. 
And we would just be like, it's incredulous that he can, that he has the skill to drive this path. If you'd seen it, like you would get it. And the other thing, just as like an engineer, I'm like, I don't know where Mahindra, like their headquarters is, but I want to send them a card and be like, your trucks are amazing. We don't need rovers to like go on the moon and go on Mars. We need Mahindra trucks because these things, unstoppable. They, wow. he could like drive over the sides of like big boulders and through deep ass, like gooey mud and through like deep puddles and waterfall. Like it was unbelievable. I wanted to like record a commercial for those guys. Wow. Cause now I want one because I could just get anywhere. It would never matter. I could drive all the way from North America to South America. If I had a Mahindra. Sounds amazing. It was, it was really amazing. And scary. Sounds incredible. Yeah. And, and like being, I mean, obviously not, but like being inside a game of some sort with, you know, big rocks and goo and mud and yeah. perilous cliffs and yes. danger and water. And this is impossible. And yet, you know, eh, 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 through his skill. He just did it. Mm. And very nonchalantly, like very humbly. Like sometimes mm. I would clap. When we would get through a really difficult part, I'd be like, you did so good. And he'd just be like, what is her deal, right? Like, that's his life. That's what he does. Yeah. yeah. Why is she so excited? Yeah. Yeah. So that was the, the transportation part. So already exercising. And then it was just constant. So now you're on a trail, you're walking, you're hurting, you're carrying your heavy pack. You don't know how far, you don't know how steep, you don't know what you're going to see. And just constantly trust, 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 trust. There were scary bridges that you had to go across. You're like, I hope this doesn't collapse, right? Or I hope I don't slip and lose my step because like I should really be tied into something on right here. Like this isn't safe to just be scurrying across or I hope these rocks don't give way or I love that you scurried. <laughs> oh, there was a lot of scurrying. There was a lot of me like, and then whew, you get across the thing. <laughs> what I can do. So, oh, it's so funny. Just over and over. And then you get to the guest house. You have no control. You get to your room. It's like a card. It's like a plywood box. Mm. And you, you have what you have. Like there is a bed, a structure of some sort that was always a bed off the ground with some kind of a foam pad on it. So there's your bed. Mm. And if it's not comfortable, like you just trust that it doesn't fucking matter. You're going to yeah. sleep. Because you're exhausted and you have to, because you have to get It rest. sounds like it was a continuous process of yeah. being in different, being in unknown, being in the unfamiliar. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of thinking about that thing about, you know, us living in our comfort zones, yeah. which can also be called our familiar. zone of familiarity. Yes. That's what we're used to. And it, it, you know, it sounds like the experience was you, continuously being outside of yeah. that zone of of what's familiar to you right again and again minute after minute after minute after and minute. really like that's like the training wheels way of experiencing trust right because at the end of the day if you can't know how things are going to go and you're in an unfamiliar place and you're doing things you've never done before great place to start those are baby steps right like you can exercise trust there because you really don't have any other option. You really are relying on your guide to know where to go. Like you're out in the middle of the mountains. Like I don't, if Hari had gotten lost, 
I would have just followed him being lost, you know, <laughs> like yeah. if he had gone down into, yeah. So it, it wasn't um, high stakes and it wasn't terribly difficult. So when you get on that bridge and you're like, I'm going to trust that this bridge is going to hold my weight. Mm. Just to reiterate, because there is no other option. Right. Right. You can't really plan ahead. You can't really future trip. I mean, I can, I'm really good at it, but it's, it's almost like it's an easy place to just be like, oh, I'm just going to show up and trust Hari to know where to go. And I'm going to trust these. Mm. So, I mean, was there the option or did it not occur to you to just say, actually, I'm a no to that bridge and, and I'm turning around and we're going back Would that, that didn't. I guess. So there was a moment when you go over the pass. So that's a long, long day. Some of our treks were five hours. Some of some of our days trekking were five hours. Some of our days were eight. And the day we go over the pass, we knew would be about a 12-hour day. In fact, it's such a long day that we get up at three, eat breakfast, and then we're on the path at four in the dark. You start before the sun comes up. And you're already at like 4,200 meters. So you're already at a very uncomfortable elevation. Like I, I have been feeling the effects of the elevation. Interestingly, my eyes, I would get bags under my eye. I don't know how to explain. I almost should have taken a picture. Like I would wake up and be like, did somebody punch me in my eyes last night? They were so swollen. Everything else was fine. My hands, my joints, everything else was normal. But my eyes, my face would be like, boop. So that was a weird thing. Mm. A low grade headache. Most of the time I'm not hungry. I don't feel good. You know, you're just like a, a low level of like, mm, this is getting harder. Mm. So there's this, there's a pass. So you go up and over and then down the other side. That's part of the trek. And then when you go down the other side, then you keep going for days down into a different valley to get to your Mahindra magic Jeep. So mm. There's a mo there were moments, there were multiple moments where we're going up to the peak, which is 5,300 meters. We got we to gotta go about a thousand mm. meter climb. And it's, we knew it would take us six hours to do this. It's pretty far. And as we're getting up, like hour two, I'm already starting to question whether or not I can keep going. Like I am so tired and I can't get enough oxygen. Like you just feel. I was feel gonna say, how is your breathing? Yeah, the breathing is, is um, I'm breathing hard. It's part of like how I'm, I'm focusing. Like I'm looking down at the trail and I'm taking steps and I'm regulating my breathing and I'm trying to breathe like really uh, measured so that I'm not getting panicked that I can't breathe, that I can't get enough air. Like even with all of the air that I'm bringing to my lungs, I'm not getting satisfied by that. And then at some point, maybe in the third hour, I'm starting to notice that I can't see right. Like, this is really weird. I can't see. Like, I can kind of see, but I'm now, I can't focus on things. It's like- Those I, big puffy eyes, Ellie. <laughs> Just like- It was awful. So then I'm like, okay. So then I said something to Hari. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm really having trouble seeing. And he was like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, and I kind of, my head is really starting. I'm feeling a lot of pressure on my eyeballs and like on my skull. And he was like, yes. So then you're like, okay, well, what a beautiful way. Like, I'm just 
it's like we're watching a baseball game. Like, oh, she's made a strike. Yes. Like, you know, and I'm saying it like I'm checking with him. Like, am I going to, yeah. is my head going to explode? Yeah. Or like, do yeah. I die now? Is this where we die? <laughs> he would just look and smile and say yes. And so then you're like, okay, that just continues to get worse. And so now I'm in the mindset of like, I have to get over the pass because I have to be able to get down. I could turn around and go down, but the Mahindra's on the other side. And so it's this constant battle where it's like, well, I wonder if I could get a Jeep on this side. Well, I wonder what would happen if I couldn't make it. And I wonder this and I wonder that. And then you're like, but then you just keep moving forward and keep moving forward. And then finally, we were taking a lot of breaks and just like, I'm now, I have complete tunnel vision. It's hypoxia, right? Like I am well into hypoxia and there's not much to be done. You got to get up. You're so high now. It's better to push to go over than it is to go back. So you pass a point of no return, right? Where you're like, now I'm over halfway. If I, it's going to take. So me. were you, were you able to, at this point, hmm. Um, you know, enjoy the view because the image I have in my mind is you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of like you staring through these two toilet roll tubes. Yeah. That has become that your vision yes. has become at the path to make sure that you don't tumble off. Right. Um, whilst coping with hmm, not getting enough air and yeah. maybe you know, thinking that your eyeballs or some part of your head is going to explode. Yeah. You know, was there pleasure in this process? Yeah. Were you able so, to enjoy the view? Were you, you know, like, gee, I'm really glad I came. I think once I got into the the real difficult part of the climb, I um I really enjoy pushing my body to limits. So I got into that part of the joy of like, I can't believe that my body can do this. Like, I, I can't wait to get to the top and I know how that's going to feel. I know what the finish line, like the accomplishment, knowing that like, I thought my body could do this, but it can actually do this, right? Like I, that is part of the joy that I, I actually have with physical challenges. The mental challenge was another thing where I was like, man, like this is going to, this is really going to push me into a place where um, it, it's going to be difficult mentally. And I know that, and I, I will be able to like, if I can overcome this, wow, like what an accomplishment there. And yes, there were beautiful moments. Um, you know, there were moments where like you would be in a cloud and you'd be coming up over a ridge and then you look up and you're like, is that a monster? Like there's some huge figure and it's like, you can't see because you're in a cloud. So it's like really fuzzy. Plus I'm like blind, and I'm, <laughs> yeah. but there's some gigantic creature and you're like, and it's eerie and it like moves in a certain way. And you're like, am I hallucinating? And then you get close and you're like, Oh, it's a yak. It's like this. Well, I've just registered what a yak is. I was thinking Yeti, but I've come to, I've, I've gotten to yak. I hope moment. it wasn't a Yeti. It could have been. I was like yeah. half yeah. off my rocker, but, and then you would follow this, like, it was beautiful. And the, and the yak just like walks, it walks the same trail. So it's like walking in front of you and just keeps looking back, like, go away, you know, but, and then the bottom of the yak, 
like the fur hangs down like a curtain. Yes. So when it walks, like watching just the flow of this yak as it walked in front. I don't know what, I found that really beautiful. <clears throat> the flowers. <clears throat> so you're well above the tree line and it's mostly dry and not a lot living. But then you would like look down and there'd be this beautiful, gorgeous, like bright red flower or a yellow, like gorgeous flower or a just like a glow in the dark midnight blue. Mm. Just like bloop would just be right there and you look at it and be like, what the fuck? How is this living here? Mm. So there were lots of those. There would be moments where I'd look down and there would be like 12 tiny little purple butterflies, like dancing, dancing with each other. Mm. So yes, there were, to me, it was like being able to be in that and still enjoy nature, like the power and the beauty and the stunningness of it. And mm. to look up and be like, I can't explain how tall these fucking mountains are. I can't, mm. I can't, I could never, there's no way to articulate. You can't take a picture of it. You can't capture it. You're just standing and you're like, I can't, I can't digest how big all of this is. They're so fucking big. Mm. So, I'm, I'm really loving this I'm, yeah. I'm I feel like I'm a tiny bit of a fly on the wall a butterfly on the path yeah yeah as yeah you remember it mm. so we did make it mm. we went over and then down the other side it was a long day um and where the trust inside relationship starts to now become apparent is like my husband um, doesn't have what I would call the VO2 max, right? He doesn't have the endurance level that I have. He doesn't exercise in the same way. So he has not built up that level. I've always had a really big VO2 max. He doesn't. So as we started to climb in elevation, he was struggling a lot more than I was. Right. And being able to trust him, like that he's going to be able to do it or trust him that he's going to ask for what he needs or trust him that like, um, he's going to be able to take care of himself. Because there was a lot of times where I was like, do you want me to help? Do you need something to drink? Can I get you something? Like, And I was like having to really watch myself. So you had that come to you, the yeah. rescue, yeah. you know, check-in, comfort, reassure. It's almost like you didn't. Yeah, if for inside relationship with my husband, where we are at right now in our marriage, it's more mm. of frustration. It's more like, come on, like, what the fuck do you need? Come on. So that's, that's usually how I've been approaching it. Like, yeah, it kind of looks like support, but mostly it looks like criticism and judgment. <laughs> and so Thanks for being honest. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, and I totally, mm. yeah, it's not a great look and it's not a great way to be. So like when we're out there and he's really struggling and we're up at 4,500 feet and he's like <gasps> breathing like that. I immediately go to frustration and judgment and then noticing myself hmm. because the thought is when I can really check in, the thought is that I'm going to have to fucking carry his shit. Hmm. That's not the case. Hmm. Maybe I'll carry his shit. Maybe I'll have to support him in some way. Maybe not. I don't know. But like trusting 
that he mm. will figure it out himself without needing me to like mm. jump in, ask him the question, do you need a break from my mm. high horse, bitchy, mm. you know, looking down on him. So even up there, that imagining the future yeah. was still available imagining you know obviously yeah. there wasn't much to imagine you were going up it was rocky it was arid there was you know it was dry there was nothing there but you st but but you were there with him and so yeah. you had you know your mind was still able to create that future story yeah about I'm gonna have to carry stuff yeah and it's really oh uh, I don't know what the right word is but um it showed me why I get so shitty with him because my assumption is if he can't do it, then I will have to do it, which is like the people pleasers tagline, right? So like what a great opportunity for me to start to check myself. There's 8 billion people on this planet. If he can't do it, maybe there's somebody other than me that could help him. And by the way, just because he can't do something or is struggling with something doesn't mean that I have to jump in and mm. pick up his load. It's making the assumption that him not being able to do X, Y, or Z is a problem. Right. Not only a problem, but a problem that I'm going to have to solve. Yes. Yeah, I would say a problem and then so it's it's identifying yes. X as a problem, and then the next step seems to me is what oh, and now I, have to do I now? need to do something about your problem. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. What a huge epiphany inside of our twenty-five year marriage. Like, I didn't save him. I didn't rescue him. If he needed a break, he said so. Mm. And, and it worked. He made it over the pass. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've probably inserted the idea that there was an assumption that what he could or couldn't do, what he couldn't do in this case, was a problem. Um, but it sounds like they weren't problems, really. No. And he was struggling. That may or may not be a problem. I don't know. For me, it's a problem because then I'm going to have to like pick mm. up his load somehow. So when I realize like I'm going to trust Brian to take care of himself and get whatever it is that he needs to get over this damn mountain. Like it was it was like I had to almost duct tape my mouth shut. Right. Because it was like, Allison, don't don't. Whatever you're going to do, just don't do that. And thankfully, I couldn't breathe. So it's like, I'm not going to expend extra energy, like, yapping. So it actually forced me to think about something before I said it. Because oxygen is real, like, spar or scarce up there. So if you're going to say something, it's going to be fucking important. So you check yourself, right? So you're like, is that, do I really need to say that? <gasps> Doesn't think like, I don't have to say that. So, um, oh, yeah a totally different perspective now and then the joy and freedom that is now able to be inside the marriage 
Mm. Like it's the end of the day. We're in this like little plywood room on really uncomfortable foam beds. There is a spider that is like real big in the bathroom thing. And I'm not going in there and he's laughing and we're like, we're giggling about how hard things were and like what was going through his mind. Like at one point he looked, we got into our room and he sat down. He's like, I can't tell you the number of times I was disappointed today. <laughs> Cause like every time you come around a corner, you think you're going to see the village and then it would be like another long, like you could see miles and miles of trail and there's no village and you're like, fuck. Mm-hmm. And then they put the, the Nepali Tibetan people, right. They put like, physical rock gates when you're entering into another area, Mm. right? They've been called different things over the thousands of years. But so when you get to one of those, you're like, okay, so you go through the little gate and you're like, okay, so where's the village? And there was like one part of the trail where like there was a gate and there was no village. And then you're like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Because like now the expectation is that there's going to be one and there's no village. And then there's another gate. You're like, where's, where's the village? So like, it was just a bunch of disappointments because you're like, we're close. (laughs) Oh, we're not close. Oh my God, there's no village. And then another gate and you're like, oh, are we close now? There's still no, so yeah a day of dad are we there that yeah like children at the in the car are we there yeah you get off the exit but then you still Mm. gotta drive a really Mm. long way because that's not where the village is so So at the end of those days joy and connection were available between you and always Mm. and that's where he said you know this is starting to feel a lot like our marriage it was like day four and he said it's a little chaotic. It's really hard. And yet we're able to like laugh. We're still able to find each other. We're working together. We're a good team. And we're able to like laugh at the hilarity mm. of life. Right. So that's lovely. Yeah. 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 And it, it was, um, so now that we're back, so you go through all that, like what a bonding, what a beautiful experience. And I can already feel this is harder to experience trust or generate trust here in my life, mm. in my home, in my, right, mm. in, in the place that I live where I do know how to get shit done. And I can control all the variables, control, right, all the variables. I feel the backslide. I'm like, oh, mm. I don't want to lose it. So what are you, like, what are you attributing that backslide to? The the logic is that, um, that I have a way of being here. Like I have a pattern. And I've slipped really right back into, if I'm not careful, I will slip right back into the pattern where I don't think, where I don't question, where I don't challenge. I just do the thing. And also Brian is human. So he's going to slip into his pattern. And those two patterns where we were, which weren't great, we'll, we'll find ourselves back there again. Mm. That's like fear-based, right? It's also real. Like 
we know humans have a pattern and it makes sense like that's efficient um the other thing i attribute it to is there was a when you're in the wild and there's no modern society anywhere there's not a plane a train a car uh air conditioner that kicks on like i'm trying to think of all the noises there's no ringing there's something that happens in my body that like my nervous system just settles and then that happened day after day after day and there's a, a peace and a contentment and a slowing down like so what I'm, I'm attributing some of this like trust difficulty now is that like my my nervous system is now activated because I'm back in modern society and I hear a child crying which I heard there but not much not out in the wild I I'm hearing a car alarm I hear the train go by um, I hear honking I hear cell phones my neighbor's goddamn air conditioning unit right mm -hmm. so like I think that that activates my nervous system just enough in the background that it's like a low static mm. and I'm already noticing how like I'm a little bit more edgy I have a little bit more stress now when my husband swallows really loud it bothers me it didn't bother me in Nepal it was beautiful I was like this does not bother me his loud goddamn swallowing right like you know when you're married you're just like oh yeah you're yeah. breathing it's bothering me yeah, stop breathing yeah and loud. like I noticed it was actually Thursday this past week where I was like, he swallowed and did the noise. And I was like, mm. it bothered me. And that tells mm. me, I think that my, my nervous system is activated mm. Not in a bad way, but just because like, I don't believe my human body is meant to live in a, I'm not evolved to handle the modern society. It's too much for me. And so what I'm trying to do is get out in nature more often into the quiet, into the peace, mm. into like getting away from all the noises, mm. because for me, it, it activates my nervous system. And then I get a little bit. You have a big pile of nature right outside. I do. Like, you know, just to the. It's right there. If I could show you the sunrise. Of where you are. Yes. It's beautiful. Is that. Resourcing you. Yeah. So yeah, you? it really matters to me that I now realize that this is the this is a really great place for my nervous system to be. So what's interesting is that I will live my life and not go out and and really uh, be in it because I'll get busy and I have clients and then we have to do grocery shopping. The house needs to be cleaned and I got to drive to my mom's house. And, and like at the end of a day like that. I've not sat and listened to, we have a peregrine falcon. Do you know what, a, what that is? And she- I imagine it's a very large bird. It's a beautiful falcon that mm. is like the most amazing fisher bird ever. Like every time I see this bird, she's got, he, she has a fish in her talons. Like every time I'm like, girl, get it. Like she's a really good little hunter. I think it's a she, cause she's gorgeous. And she has this beautiful call. Mm. And so when I'm outside and I hear it, I'm like, oh, so, but if I get busy, I'm not outside listening and mm -hmm. hearing her. 
right? So it takes, so it's available. Yes, it's right there. And you're not accessing it. Right. Right. Mm. Because life. Because I don't have an intention, because I don't have a routine, because I don't. So now every morning I am outside, I come home from the gym and I jog very slowly. Jog is a very liberal word for what I'm doing. More of a waddle. Mm -hmm. The dogs for 20 minutes as the sun is coming up over the lake, there's, I don't wear, I don't listen to my phone. Nothing is with me. It's just me and the dogs. Mm -hmm. And I do that every morning and I'm really feeling resourced by that. And then every night. Is that a new habit? Yeah. I used Mm. to do it and then I get away from it. So right now it's really doing it with a lot of intention, listening Mm. to nature, being aware of this beautiful place that I live and all of that Mm. and connecting with my dogs, which brings me lots of joy. So, so to that, that kind of like point you've, you've said, habit you've kind of slipped back into the habit of I know how this all works so my word's not yours but some level of autopilot yeah right yeah it's a great word back into the thing the Mm -hmm. flow of life right so and I think you've said it's harder here yes the training wheels are off yes so So that was a great place to practice because to a large degree, there was no other option. Right. How now do you keep generating trust, generating from trust, Mm -hmm. be trust? Mm -hmm. Well, it's going to take, it's going to take practice. That's how I learn things. So, um, so each morning I am doing a daily clearing and then I'm choosing trust every day. So it's like, can I keep this in the forefront of my mind? The other practice, um, is I am trying to slow things down. Um, so, uh, I'm also practicing like my decision-making inside of the business anyways, just really slowing that down, taking 24 hours to give an answer, really checking with myself. So those are some of the practices that I'm now putting in place. When it comes to my relationship with my husband, um, the practice is like us being able to connect. For me, I want us to be able to connect every day outside. So that might be a walk. That might be sitting on the dock, although we're missing a bunch of, we had a huge storm. We were gone. We lost the end of our dock, got taken out by the waves. So I have to rebuild that, but it'll be more like intentional time outside, outside of like all of the modern society stuff, the worrying and the beeping and the blinking and all of the things that for me, I don't know about him, but for me, like it all just, it just activates Mm. my nervous system and has me at like a low hum. And did you know that before? I've always felt that, that like the modern world is too much for me. I can't really tolerate cities for very long. I've always known that about myself. They always were just like too much. Uh, I don't, 
I just don't enjoy my time there. It's like a lot of noise and a lot of input. And the older I get, the more I'm really become, have become aware of that. Um, and there's, I've always been really drawn to like more rural areas. That's why I live in a rural area. Like, I don't know why I picked this. I get it now. Cause like, there's a part of me that really feels settled when I'm in a place where I can really um, recharge my batteries. Mm. But as I get older and I start to learn more about like the neuroscience of how our bodies work and how the impacts of the modern world, the impacts of these fucking things, right? Like it really is starting to help me to understand more about what is it that I need so that I'm not at a constant level of chronic stress over time. How do I recharge? With that trust thing, Ali, um, mm. you know, we have these habits. So it's, I think what I want to say is it's all illusion. Yeah. Us, me thinking that I have control <laughs> over what's going on here yeah. is an illusion. Yes. Yes. Um. And so in Nepal, I realize I wasn't there, but in Nepal, it's easy yeah. for me or you or a human to practice. Mm -hmm. Like everything is so obviously unfamiliar. Yeah. You know, it's true that it's unfamiliar. Yeah. It's true that I don't know what's happening here. Yeah. That feels very true. I think it's probably true here right now in the room that I know in the house and the town that I know in the country that I know yeah in the life that I know yeah I think it's also true great distinction yes that I Absolutely. don't actually know I think yeah. I've I've been trained and I've picked that up I'm you know gobbling that information up like yes. yeah I can control what's happening I yep. know what's going on here I know how everything works and yeah. it gives me a sense of security. Um, yeah. But I think it's not real. True. I'm kind yeah. of, um, I don't have a conclusion or a powerful ending to that. Just like, mm, is it really that different here? Or do we just think it's Make it up in our minds. Here? Yes. Make it up in Such our minds. Such a great, I love that. And I put down that like, we trick ourselves into thinking that when things are familiar, that we have control and it's bullshit. Yeah. I so could get how... on the highway just as easily as I could run off the cliff in Nepal, right? Like it's actually more likely that I would get in a wreck here. And, and yet in your mind, and it could be my mind, anybody's mind, yeah. you've made them different. Yes. Cause I know I fam I'm familiar. I know how to predict the future because I have a lot of experiences that help me to think that I know what will happen. And so the place, it's interesting. So the place to practice then here is to like, notice that I, I don't know what's gonna happen with my husband. I don't know what's gonna happen with my daughter, my son. I don't really know what's gonna happen with the business. I don't mm -hmm. know, um, I, practicing trust here is more like it's almost like I have to manufacture 
mm. uncertainty because I'm so convinced that I know. Yes, which is so ironic, isn't it? Because I feel like I just turned to, inside out. Yeah, yeah. You're having to manufacture something on top of yeah. your thinking. Yeah. And both of those are made up because the truth underneath is that you don't know. And I'm thinking when I yeah. came back from Angola, my life was different here. Yeah. How it had been before I went. Yes. And so it felt or I felt like I was still flying by the seat of my pants, even though I was back in my own country. Yeah. Where it's I, familiar. Where everything in, in theory was familiar, but I was not having the familiar experience because my husband wasn't here with me. I didn't have the job I had before. I didn't have a car. I didn't have and you had furniture. kids at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't have any furniture. We were sitting on the floor eating our dinner on the floor. <laughs> so everything, yeah. even though I was back yeah. where, where I knew everything, actually, I felt I may just as well have been in Mars. I was gobsmacked uh, and so appreciative that I could turn the tap off on and clean water came out. Yes. And it was weird because I'd only been away for eight or nine months but I came back but all of the, the interesting point about that is it came into my mind when you were speaking like ah but I came back to the familiar place and I did not feel like I knew how to be like yeah. I didn't know not I didn't know how to be I didn't know I didn't know anything because yeah. I didn't have any of the things I normally had that were my anchors right that held me in place my tent pegs that held me in place yep. and stopped me flying away. I I knew I was secure, was securely yeah. anchored. Yeah. Um, I didn't have those. So mm -hmm. yes, that's interesting. Your thought process of thinking you need to manufacture yeah. uncertainty. I don't know that you do because it's truly there already already and that's where I get to like this may be where we wrap the thing because I don't I don't know yet how to distinguish between trust and acceptance hmm. what is the difference I can when I'm in a good place I can accept that I don't know things intellectually right Maybe that's the distinction is that acceptance is an intellectual exercise and trust is like an embodied experience. Mm. I can argue inside my, I can do the mental gymnastics. They're like, I can't control anything. It's an illusion. Like I can do that game, mm. but trust is like, oh no, I trust that whatever will happen will be exactly how it's supposed to go. Mm. And it will it will be okay. Well, I don't know about that. I just know that it will be. Uh. It's almost like the end of a completion where you're like, it went exactly the way it was supposed to go. That's the trust is that it is going exactly the way it's supposed to be going and it will go exactly the way it's supposed to go. So maybe trust is like a future completion is about past. Before we wrap up, mm. I'm doing that positive intelligence 
course at the moment and and he talks that he tells a story Mm. about a farmer do you remember the story keep going about a farmer who has a stallion oh okay yes so he has a stallion and he and he takes the stallion to market and it's you know it's like oh my god or or to a race and it wins the race everyone's like oh my god his neighbors come and say oh my god your horse won the prize that's incredible and he says who knows what is good and what is bad yeah and then you know the the loads of I don't I think the stallion runs away and his neighbors yeah. come and say oh my god I'm so sorry that's really awful and he says who knows what is good or bad the stallion comes back finds its way home with loads of mares in tow and they're like oh my god this is amazing your stallions come back and brought all these beautiful female horses and mm-hmm. you know they've all come back to your ranch and he says who knows what is good and bad and he goes on and on and his yeah. son breaks his leg and then that's what I remember you know, and then the army come to yes. to recruit people and his son can't go because he has a broken leg um and it goes on and on and on and he's saying throughout the story the farmer is saying who knows what is right. good and what is bad yep and um, I, I listened to that a few times. And, and as you've just said, you know, I got it. I got the concept and mm-hmm. I understood it intellectually. <laughs> then I listened to it. It came up again when he was talking in one of his, you know, recordings on the program. And I kind of went, oh, oh, okay. So we don't know what is good and what is bad. And I had a moment of like, it went in, you know, when it's kind of like it zaps you, um, has probably flown away again. And I'm back in the habitual state of thinking I know what is good and what is bad. But somehow that story feels connected to your your acceptance thing and trust, like maybe more the trust thing, but maybe both. I don't know. Like, you know, like, I don't know whether this is good or bad. And what a relief it is is to not have to judge that anymore. Mm. So like if our daughter, a great example is our daughter is struggling. And people will say, oh, gosh, it must be so terrible. The assumption is that must be so hard for you as a mother. And like going back to like trusting that our daughter is exactly where she's supposed to be. in, Mm. In her life, this is her journey. This is part like... If I were to know the future, this is where she is on the map. Mm. It is neither good nor bad. It just is. It just is. Yes, it just is. And trust is, um, Adam, you know, told us a, a story, which I I don't even know why I'm bringing up because I don't remember it properly, but it was something about, you were there, it was something about going out over a lake a frozen lake and something about, you know, how do we know what trust is? Um, And it is, it's trust isn't about knowing. Yeah. Not about knowing. It is about being in the uncertainty and not knowing who knows, not knowing whether it is good or bad. Well, and what you said before is we don't know shit. Mm. So, uh, like I have clients that are like, well, you know, I've got savings, for example, like I have a financial, like I have a 401k, I have all these things, I have all these savings. And you're like, uh-huh. You think, you know, like 
So now you're secure, right? And you're not because anything could happen. Anything could take that away. Your one cancer diagnosis or your one house being burned down or your one, you know, child being really sick with something like we don't know. And there is no like we like to manufacture certainty because we're human and that's fine. And it doesn't allow my I think what I'm learning is it doesn't allow me to be with trust. And it also isn't because the, then the other, the flip side is like, well, so then do you just not lock your doors and give shit away to all the people and let anybody just do whatever? And it's like, no, that's not trust either. It's not trusting that all the humans on the planet will always have, but it is um, like trusting yourself. Like when I met Mr. Hari, I trusted my instinct with him. My instinct mm. was he's, he's an okay dude. Mm but I didn't really know. No, no, you didn't know. And that could have gone one of many ways. It went sure. the way it went. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it went so, the way it went. I love where we've landed because um, I think the, the practice of trust is to just look at things and like, I know I can't not judge things, right? Like that's not possible. My brain will do it before I can stop it. So... <clears throat> it's letting it go. So if I think my daughter's struggling, that's a judgment. Can't prove that she's struggling. There's no like empirical data that I can collect. I can tell a story. I can point to things and say, yeah, this proves, but at the end of the day, it's an interpretation. Maybe she's struggling. Maybe she's not. <clears throat> it's trusting that she's exactly where she is. Not even needs to be. That's just where she is. She mm. is there. She is. Yes, That's it that. is what it is, which is a phrase yeah. that lots of people hate, but right. it is what it is. And who knows whether it's good or bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's why that story is so powerful. Because yes. we all do the thing. We're like, oh, it yes. was good. Oh, it was bad. Oh, no, actually, yes. it was good. Yeah. 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 And our thinking creates our feelings and is well, the broken leg is a bad thing. Of course yes. it is. The, no, the thinking is, is then, you know, our actions come from our thinking and the world is, that we live in is created from our thinking and our actions, yep. which goes back around to our thinking and reinforces yeah. our thinking. And we don't know. At the end of the day, we've got no control and we don't know shit. There. Mm. And on that bright note. Yay. <laughs> Should Bye, we call Tracy. it a wrap? Yes, yes. let's. Thank you for listening, Tracy. Yeah, we love you. <laughs> All right, so everybody much. have a lovely, lovely what? A day, a week. And just don't forget, you don't know shit. You can't control anything. <laughs>